Welcome to Kingdom Currents. I'm Glenn Schultz, your host, and today I'm talking with Dr. Annie Gallagher with Transform PD about an essential element of Christian education. You don't want to miss our discussion. Today, I'm excited to have Dr. Annie Gallagher with me on today's broadcast. She is the founder and director of Transform PD. Annie, welcome to Kingdom Occurrence. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here and honored for the opportunity. Uh, Annie, uh, when we talk about this uh, organization that you started, Transform PD, uh, tell our listeners what it's about and what caused you to start this type of ministry and how, how God led you in the path. Well, Transformed PD, the PD actually stands for professional development. And so my heart has been to help teachers understand um, primarily what is this thing that we talk about called biblical integration and how do I do that? Um, I started when I started um, in Christian education, um, I started as a classroom teacher and then eventually moved up to administration. I was at one point the assistant superintendent of one of the largest Christian schools in the country. And um, the first year of that job, I we had accreditation coming. And so, you know, one of the big things is to monitor and assess the quality of biblical integration. And I thought, biblical integration, is there a definition to that? Because I know we're all supposed to do it, but I needed to find a definition and couldn't really find one. We talk about it, but had, had really great difficulty finding um, information about what does it look like? And more importantly, how do I do that? So um, as I uh, studied that, I worked with a, a team of pilot teachers, 17 teachers. We worked for about two and a half years trying different models of biblical integration out there to try to figure out um, how does this work? And basically, as we tried the different models, the teachers kept coming back and saying, Annie, I don't understand it. And it's too hard. So I thought, okay, there's a problem we need to solve. So we kind of worked together as this pilot team and came up with sort of a morph of the different models we were looking at. And um, we tried the professional development for three years. I trained the teachers in this school. So we had nine schools, four campuses, over 200 teachers. And for three years, very gently and very methodically scaffold them through the training on how to provide biblically integrated instruction. But then I st stumbled onto another problem. So as I was doing classroom observations, looking for curriculum implementation ideas, just in general, I noticed I didn't see a whole lot of biblical integration happening in the classroom. And I thought I need to be really specific about this. So I took two weeks, sat in 52 different classrooms, rooms and tried to just note when I saw biblical integration happening. And believe it or not, I only saw it twice in those 52 classrooms. Wow. So I thought, okay, we're being very intentional with training and documentation. Every curriculum map, every class had a biblical principle that was documented for that unit of content. Lesson plans also had a biblical principle noted on the lesson plan yet I wasn't seeing it in the classroom. So there was something missing in the training. And that led me to my doctoral research. I thought I need to sit under somebody who knows how to do this better than I do. So I um, enrolled in the PhD program at Columbia International University and was blessed to have Summit Ministries actually sponsor um, my research. And so what I was looking for is 
the definition of biblically integrated instruction, and then how to make that, how do you train that so it actually tra trained and changed classroom practice. And so my study showed that coaching was the primary uh, change agent. If you coached teachers in the model and the method, that it would change their everyday practice and how they taught. And so I, I ended up resigning my position at my school because my study took so much time for me to actually coach the teachers and how to do the biblical integration model that I developed. And so as I was finishing my study, schools found out about it and they started coming and they said, we want you to come and do for us what you did in your study. Because my research showed um, unequivocally that if you coached a teacher and how to provide biblically integrated instruction, it would absolutely change their classroom practice and then affect how the kids were learning. So from that, Transformed PD was born. Well, that's an exciting journey. Uh, and, and I think this has been the dilemma that Christian schools have faced for years. Uh, we know we've got to integrate what they used to say, faith and learning, then it became biblically integrated uh, teaching. Biblical worldview integration is another way people refer to it. And, and everybody wants to do it. And, and we, we get all the terminology down and everything, but it's not actually being done in classrooms effectively. And, and that's, I, I'm excited that you're doing what you're doing. When, when you uh, got into this, what did you find when you started working with schools? What were some of the maybe missing ingredients or, or they weren't really even ready for what you had to give them? We're seeing some patterns now. We've been, this is our, we're going into our fifth year now providing this training and we're seeing some patterns or I would say early indicators. If a school has two things in place, we know that they will, the teachers will much more quickly and successfully be able to apply um, the method that we're using for biblical integration in their classrooms. Those two things are, if the teachers have a working understanding of a biblical worldview, which means that they can look at a novel or they can listen to a news report or they can um, look at something else that's happening in their curriculum and they can identify the underlying beliefs that are supporting that idea. So if they're reading a novel, they can maybe understand what is the author's view of a human based on what this author is writing? Or if they're listening to a news report, what is this government law that's being uh, proposed or government movement that's being proposed? What is that pos the position on ethics that this um, new government ordinance or bylaw or whatever they're going to propose? What is that? What is the underlying worldview belief that's supporting that? If a teacher can do that, then they are going to be much more successful in actually applying biblical integrated instruction in their classrooms. The second thing is, are they able to teach well? I might have a lot of worldview knowledge, but if I'm not teaching well, it doesn't matter how much worldview knowledge I know, kids are not going to learn it well. And so we're also finding that if teachers understand how to put a good plan for learning together, such as can I write really good essential questions? 
that are going to prompt worldview thinking? Do they know how to assess those essential questions to really gather evidence on the kids' thinking? If a teacher is able to apply best practices of teaching and learning, then their kids are going to be more successful with actually applying biblically integrated instruction. Those are the two things. There's a third thing that's emerging now that we're also seeing, and that is the teacher's ability to properly interpret scripture. Um, And so sometimes teachers will pull scriptures from the Bible because there's a common word there and the idea itself may relate, but the specific context from which that scripture was taken from doesn't fit the application they're trying to make. And I would say knowing scripture is becoming a bigger and bigger problem mm-hmm. because we, we are biblically illiterate. Uh, we, we, we love Jesus and everything else. We believe the Bible is true, but to actually read and study it, I, I just preached a, a sermon on this yesterday at our church that we don't know God because we're not in the word. <laughs> And, and that is creating a major problem. I, I'm always curious because I don't remember when I meet everybody. Uh, wh- when did you, when were you introduced to Kingdom Education and, and did it have any influence in what you're doing? I always tell people that your book, Kingdom Education, I had to read that as part of my new teacher training. Um, it was a required read. And I remember, um, I always tell people that book made me shake in my boots. (laughs) And I think the most important section for me as a mom and as an educator was the, the section in that book where you said children are God's homework assignment for us as parents. And the description, well, what I walked away was I'm going to have to stand before the Lord one day and he's going to hold me accountable for how well I helped my student, my children, my own personal children understand God's word and how, and how his world works. And that immediately changed right away, changed what we started to do in our home and how I really started to look at education differently. I, um, we, I think I probably went a little fanatical at the time that, you know, and I thought God's going to hold me accountable. I got a lot of work to do. I really have to get going on this. And so we started to have, we always had done devotions at our home um, with, at dinner time with our children, but they started to change differently um, in our discussion. It wasn't rather just something that we read and we put the book and put it aside. It became more of a family discussion about what do you think about this or have you encountered this in, with your friends? And then the other thing was as they were watching television shows, if they were watching a sitcom um, I would stop the television right away, right away and say, okay, let's analyze this for worldview ideas to the point where my kids were like, mom, will you please stop with the worldview stuff? <laughs> so, um, but it was just really changed my perspective on, am I really taking my job of parenting seriously? Because I'm going to be held accountable for this one day before the Lord. And secondly, really brought to the surface how little I knew about worldview because I didn't ever really think that way. I was a follower of Jesus and I loved the Lord, but really didn't understand this whole worldview thing. Well, you know, I've always believed that the the foundational need is to develop that biblical worldview. 
And then from that biblical worldview, you develop a biblical philosophy of education. And that's what I think kingdom education is. And those two together equip you to integrate biblical truth into everything, not just your teaching, but into life. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just find that it's hard to get schools or parents or even pastors to even give attention to developing a biblical philosophy of education. It seems like we're just uh, captivated that we've got to do stuff on methodology to become better. But if you don't have that base, are you finding that in Christian schools you work with? Yes, I when we start our training, we always talk about that there's three dimensions of faith. There's the head, there's the heart, and the hands. And those three dimensions function, in t- the, um, they're dependent on one another. They do not function independently. So when I'm talking about the head, I'm talking about the thinking. How are we as a school intentionally addressing the type of thinking that our students are doing, not memorizing and not, you know, copying things, but how are we really forming the thinking habits of students? The hard part is the relationship, the relationships that I have with others, the um, emotions that I have, and most importantly, the relationships that I have in Christ. What are we intentionally doing to take those passions that we have and use those to foster healthy relationships with others and with Jesus. And then thirdly, the hands is, what are the actions or the, the motives, um, the, you know, the actions that we're taking, the behaviors that we're doing that are fostering Christ-like living? And I think sometimes as churches and as schools, we tend to focus on some as being more important than others when really we need to focus on all three. So to kind of step back and do an audit what are we doing as an organization that's fostering these relationships that they're, you know, we're, we're providing these spiritual experiences that are fostering relationship with Jesus and with others, whether they're believers or not, how are we helping kids function that way? What are we doing in our schools to set up guidelines for Christ-like living and also confronting how do I deal with people who don't like that? How do I do that in love? And then thirdly, how do I really take ideas and analyze them to discern what are the beliefs undergirding that? And I think as schools, we tend, especially right now, I would think right what I see after COVID is there's a huge shift on the social emotional, which would be that heart aspect. Mm-hmm. And now we're starting to lessen the focus on the thinking because we got to do something with the heart. Well, we can't, we can't let up on any of those three things. We have to do all three. And I think, when schools step back and establish this biblical philosophy of education, that that speaks to head, heart, and hands. If you look at scripture, especially in Proverbs, if you look at scripture, when we're given directives of how to do living, how to live right, there's always a relational part, there's a thinking part, and there's a behavioral part. There's always all three. If you look, you'll find it. Even the search for wisdom requires action and a heart position. It's, it's not just something that we do all with our head. And I think schools would benefit from trying to think of that, those three dimensions. How do we um, simultaneously focus on those three? Because that's the way the biblical philosophy of education works. Yeah. And, and 
right now with all that is happening in schools, uh, there are some challenges that school leaders are facing that I, I guess hinders them from to really doing this. What are some of the things that you see taking place in Christian schools that maybe need to be changed or, or, or something's got to happen? And where does it begin? What are your thoughts there? Um, that's a hard one. You know, Christian schools have a tough job. They are trying to um, be all that to all people. They have to have good academics, because our culture is wanting a lot of activities, they need to have activities. And then they're being confronted with the whole cancel culture thing that, you know, if you don't do what's popular, do what's right, we're not going to give attention or we're going to give you a lot of negative attention. And again, I think it's, it starts with the leaders are the leaders of the schools, the board members, not just the administrators, but are the board members, do they understand what it means to have to provide education based on a biblical philosophy of education. And um, sometimes I, I see that the leadership at the top, because that mindset or that understanding is not common or not the same across all members, that it creates a diluted um, direction for the school. Um, I, um, it, it seems like you know, if the leaders all are on the same place, then everybody else would, you know, that would kind of trickle down. Um, so I think that's part of it is the boards need to be really trained and and what is a biblical worldview and understand that. I think the other thing is, and this just happened recently in my neighborhood. So there was um, a local Christian school that um, I think you posted on it that got taught teaching the Bible. Yes. Got lambasted because of that. Um, and I think um, the school handled it really well, but I think for a lot of schools, we have all of these issues. Let's just take sexuality for, for example, there are a lot of positions within the Christian community on how to respond to this whole issue of human sexuality. If you're a school, you have to take a stand. Where are you on this continuum? And you have to be able to articulate it and you have to make sure that everybody under all the other people in your organization families, students, teachers, board members, all can articulate the ideas that this school is going to stand on. So then when you're confronted, you have, you all are on the same page as how we're going to respond or how we're going to be teaching that, that aligns with that statement. And I think sometimes we kind of abstractly adopt our stance on a particular issue or a biblical, even just the biblical foundations, but we haven't practiced articulating those and helping the rest of the, the school understand what does that look like? If this is where we're standing on this issue, or if this is what we believe, how is that going to manifest itself in everything that we do in from the cafeteria ladies that are serving the lunch? How is these, these core principles that we're standing on, this core philosophy of education how is that going to manifest itself in every area of our organization? And, I, and I've always believed that the board has to understand that biblical worldview and biblical philosophy of education, even more than the administration. I would agree. Absolutely. And, and I would yet agree. they're the least trained. Yes. 
and and so we we've got to give greater attention to that and you know again just this whole idea of trying to identify where do we stand on all these issues it comes back to do we believe the bible is inerrant and sufficient absolutely <laughs> and, and, and i and, think the resources that you often what i'll do because i think part of the problem is we i think everybody not everybody but often schools will say we need to train so-and-so, but then you get, how do we do that? We um, often, what I hear is we can't afford the training or we don't know where to go to get resources. And I am so thankful for kingdom education ministries because often I will say, if you're a member at kingdom education ministries, which really is very affordable, there's a whole library that Dr. Schultz has put together of videos. Those could be used for board training. They don't take that long. And that it's an easy, ready, accessible resource that you could use for teacher faculty meetings, for parent orientations, for your board training. Um, and so I think sometimes they don't dig hard enough to find that. And, and Kingdom Education Ministries just offers such great resources. It's an easy place to go to. Well, thank you. I, I think one of the problems is uh, Satan's not dumb. He keeps us busy. You know, and when I when I see school heads, um, they, they just don't have time. And, and even people who have become K- Kingdom Education members, they tell me, they say, I've got all these research, but I don't even know what to do with them. And I don't have time to organize it. And, and so we somehow have to go and say someone's got to have the time to be able to sit down and plan this out for teachers. So we get the essentials done. If you were to, as we sort of wrap up, if you were to come up with and mention a couple key challenges that Christian schools or maybe the home or maybe the church have to face and deal with if we're going to be sustainable in the future with all that's going on in the culture. What what would what would be a couple that come to your mind? Well, I think one thing is allocation of resources. I think often we're allocating resources to not in, we're not spreading it out enough. And um, so I think there needs to be more resources into parent and teacher training, that part of the budget needs to be allocated. It's that it's part of your planned budget, not just something that you're going to add in if you have time or if you get an overflow, but it needs to be part of your operational budget is how can we find funding to actually provide training for teachers and for families that's readily accessible. That's, I think that's one thing is, and I think the other thing is to have a strategic, like a long-term strategic plan um, on these habits or routines that we're going to, that we're going to be consistently implementing as just the way that we do school. So sometimes I think when there's a problem, everybody says we have to throw money and time right now on this isolated time period to fix this where it's not a way of doing and we need to kind of establish a way of doing things. So, for example, onboarding teachers, rather than just having those three days before school starts, what if it was a three year program where the first year we're actually taking 
not every day, not every week, not even every month, but we've, we've targeted specific opportunities that we're going to train them in what is a biblical worldview and how do I articulate that and give them practice in identifying those underlying beliefs and the things that they're exposed to. Then maybe the next year is how do I actually now find these ideas in my curriculum and how do I teach so that the kids can find those? Same thing with parents. Is there an onboarding process that we have for our parents that we're introducing them to the philosophy of education? That's part, it's a requirement to be a family in this school. You have to go through onboarding where you're going to learn what is the biblical philosophy of education and what is your role as a parent? It's not going to be something that can be done in two days, but if it's an, uh, an ongoing process that we have as the way we do school. Likewise, for teachers and administrators, the same kind of thing. There's an onboarding that's, that's over time. So we're establishing these routines. I think um, James A. Smith calls them liturgies that we have. So these, these yeah, repeated yes. habits, and that's how we learn to do life as a parent, as a student, as a kid, as an administrator, that is going to foster a way of doing things that glorifies the Lord. You have identified something I, I find when I talk with Christian schools. Uh, I'll say, are you doing any biblical worldview training or philosophy training? Well, we did that two years ago. And, and then I'll say, well, have you had any staff changes? Well, yes. Well, have you done anything with them? Well, no, I did those. <laughs> and, and it's not it, this whole idea of ongoing and intentional comprehensive training. Uh, it, it's something you don't get. By, by having what Larry Taylor used to call kingdom education pep rallies. It, it, it's got to be something that's in the fabric of all that we do, and we've got to see it as a priority. Annie, if they want to find out more about Transform PD, how do they do that? Well, it's real simple. Just type in transformedpd.com, and that will take you to our website, and you can see the things that we offer and um, how to get in touch with me directly. Okay, so if you're listening, it's T-R-A-N-S-F-O-R-M-E-D-P-D.com, transformedpd.com. And if you want more information about Kingdom Education Ministries, uh, go to my website at kingdomeducationministries.com, and you'll find out what we're doing there. Uh, We've got a new podcast uh, that this is happening, but it's Kingdom Currents. I hope you'll subscribe to the podcast and uh, stay uh, connected and see what we're going to be doing over the course of the next few months in trying to get a message out on how to educate our children biblically. Dr. Gallagher, thank you for being with me. And I look forward to another time when we can discuss what's going on in Christian schools and transform PD. 